Gaming and BS episode 172 coming to you Wednesday, January 3rd, 2018. Thank you for tuning into Gaming and BS. This is one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome back to the show. Welcome in if you're brand new. And uh, hey, Sean, happy new year to you, man. Happy new year, Brett. We survived another one, so that's good. We got that going for us. We did indeed. <laughs> I'm still dragging this fucking cough around with me, but apart from that, we're fine. Ew. Yeah, that's very annoying. So anyway, I think, um, well, I hope from what I saw on Google Plus and Facebooks and Twitters and such, those who I follow and who follow us, um, everyone seemed to survive and made it through 20, uh, the end of 2017 into 2018. So congratulations, everybody level up. Good to, see, good to have you all here. Hopefully 18 will be better to you than 17. Even if 17 was awesome for you, I hope 18 is even better. That's, that's the kind of guys we are. Yeah. <coughs> so let's see here. Next week is, holy shit. I mean, this week, good God, this week is Evercon. By the time this drops on the 3rd. That means I I will. There's only two days: January five, six, and seven. Evercon.org, Evercon.org. Um, if you can make it, that would be great. We'll be selling badges at the door, as any good convention. There'll be plenty of games. We got over 220, 225 some tabletop events. We got guys like Alex Camera running games. We got some. Uh, we got some damn cool shit. Chris Steele's gonna come up, do some fun for us. I got Corey Wynn. Running some cool games. Uh, Kevin Lovecraft is going to be up there playing. So, yeah, it's going to be a damn good time. I think my boy AJ is actually trying to whip up a little either card game or some kind of one-shot D&D he wants to run. So that could be fun, too. But anyway, plenty of good stuff happening. Hopefully I can see some BSers there. That would be great. As I said last time, if you catch me and I'm like, oh, my God, so good to see you. I'm sorry I have to run. That's unfortunately the curse of the con organizer. I won't be able to bullshit as long as I'd like. But hopefully I will get to see you there. <laughs> oh, another uh, announcement on the Brett side of things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Avalon Kickstarter, I had a meeting with um, uh, Sean Merwin, who's doing some of the editing for us, and because um, he's part of Encoder Designs, and Chris Nizak and I, the three of us met, talked about some components. Sean was very excited, which made me all the happier. Um, he's got some really good insights, being the Down With D&D guy, the guy who Baldwin Games and all that stuff. He knows his shit inside and out. So it's some really good pointers and some good next steps to getting through the editing process and so on. Um, I don't have the date for the Kickstarter launch yet, but um, getting closer and closer. Now that the new year is here, and once I get past Evercon, we'll be uh, leaning on that. And uh, once I have the actual launch date, I will let everybody know. <sighs> I think that's about it. Sean, you got anything, man? I do not have anything. we got to go back to work tomorrow, don't we? Uh, yes. Having a long weekend is super nice, but... It just, the office, man, it just sucks. <laughs> it totally does. Let's talk about random encounter stuff. That All right. That, that brightens the mood. Random encounter. All right. You want to start? You want me to start? You start. I got a cough. All right. So a follow-up from Andy Hall on Google+. Plus. So last week we used Andy's uh, topic for inspiration of the topic. 
inspiration of the topic of the topic of the last week topic. Huh. Anyways, thanks, Brett and Sean of Gaming and BS, for the opinions and insights. I like the idea of having uh, a mission to explore. Uh, example, a charter or an uncharted passage. That is better than hobo explorers for sure. <laughs> I think you're right that you want to have buy-in from your group before you start a campaign arc that features some open-ended exploration, and maybe you need to explain why that exploration can be fun. And if you see that you are losing the players to the tedium of travel, a.k.a. the boring road trip, find a way to inject something interesting. I was just reading that Numenera featured exploration. Maybe I need to check that game. You know, Andy, even if you look at Numenera and say, wow, I don't want to run that game, or wow, I don't think my group will play this game, or I hate the mechanics, or I love the mechanics, whatever you look at it, um, I'm still, excuse me, a big proponent, as I tried to say in the last episode, of steal those bits and pieces, right, man? I mean, if Numenera has some great exploration ideas, info that you think would really help you make such a thing even more fun for you and your players, steal that shit and use it, man. That's what I say. All right. Blake Ryan commented also on episode 171. <coughs> Excuse me. Blake says, the best wilderness encounter I ever did, party where eight party where eight plus and got hired to raid yuan T nests in the swamp islands while trekking around they came across a glade full of statues after examining them the players realized the statues were the last three campaigns worth of characters you should have seen the shocked look on their faces that's awesome blake <laughs> so they found ways to restore them to life extracted a hefty fee for the raid they figured out that the same person mentoring some of them had been an ongoing villain to other teams one of their names was Igwilv uh, slash Tasha from Greyhawk. Good lord. Good double cross, man. They expected another combat encounter and got a large twist in the campaign direction. Good stuff, man. I like that. That definitely breaks up the tedium. <laughs> you find, hey, that's my old dwarven fighter. What the hell is this about? That's good stuff. Bravo. All right. Crimfan comments on exploration. Hexcrawl can be fun or incredibly tedious. A lot of it depends on whether the system is set up to support it and whether the GM and players are on board with it. I'm currently running Adventures in Middle-Earth, the 5e port of the One Ring by Cubicle 7, which has fairly elaborate journey rules that provides numerous situational modifiers to make the trip to wherever you're going interesting. I've made river crossings dangerous, for instance. No monsters have been involved at all, but a bunch of skill checks with game mechanical consequences in the event of failure. One example I played in was the classic Lost Caverns of Sojkanth uh, we did in the early aughts in a Greyhawk campaign. Uh, the module has a good bit of hex crawl in it as you're searching for the cavern entrance. There are a bunch of interesting encounters set on the map, and you have, to, you have a lot of trekking to do until you find the dungeon. The dungeon itself has a good bit of exploration too, as it is a substantial magical maze. I don't 100% recall why we went there, but one huge reason was the loot. Brett's example of Isle of Dread is a great example of much more, uh, much more pure exploration. Presumably, the DM needs to make some decisions about why the players are there. I'll tell you what, Kerm fan, one of the things you threw out there, which is a piece that I came to the realization of after listening to Sean talk to me about this through the last episode was if Adventures in Middle-Earth, the 5e uh, version as you're talking about, the elaborate journey rules, one of the things you said there is a, with game mechanical consequences in the event of failure. I think that's one of those pieces where sometimes 
I may be taking too much on myself as a game master. I may be looking at it, and maybe other game masters out there do this as well, um, and not using some of those rule mechanics that are out there to take some of the load off. I mean, for Christ's sake, if there's really kick-ass journey mechanics in there that provide what you're talking about, well, hell, maybe I should go dig that stuff up and look at it and use it in the next games instead of assuming that I've got to take that burden on myself. I think that's that's my big lesson on that one. All right. Let's see. Oh, yes, and Christopher Gray shared some details on his West Marches game with us. Um, hey there, Sean and Brett. <clears throat> I don't know if this will be helpful, but I wanted to drop you a link to the structure of my West Marches hybrid game. Maybe it'll give you some ideas. I'm only in month two, so I don't know how well it works yet, but the players seem to like the structure. The central idea is that there are quote-unquote milestone games that carry the major story, but then there are quote-unquote open play sessions in between that can be organized by the players. I also have some homebrew rules in there about character uh, advancements, which may be interesting. Enjoy, and feel free to share the link. Well, goddamn, Mr. Gray, we have done just that, so in the show notes we'll have a link. And you know... Sean, I would uh, I would say that if Mr. Christopher Gray is uh, if he's been doing it for month two and the players like the structure, I think you're winning, man. As long as you're having fun, Christopher, and the players are liking it, go for it, keep it rolling. And if take a look at that link, folks, and if it's something you think you can steal, borrow, or whatever, or co-opt in some way, go for it. You know, Sean, <clears throat> his comment about the milestone components in the open play reminds me a little bit of the old. Um, uh, X Files component, right? We had certain episodes that were very main through line, the main story, and then you'd have these weird side off, not weird, but you'd have the adventure of the week filler episodes, if you will. Um, that's kind of interesting. I like that thought for West March's game because then it would allow me as game master or anybody else as game master, obviously, to be able to have the cool plot line that you want to make sure everybody gets through, but then you'd have these one off non sequiturs in, in, in a way, that open play component. I think that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Did you it's look good. at the? Did you look this link over, Sean? I did not. I was just uh, perusing it because uh, I just put it up there not too long ago, and uh, it's about what looks like eight pages on Google Docs. Um, pretty quick read, it looks like. It's got it broken down by. Um, oh, let's see. He's got a little bit of an intro. Uh, Character options, gameplay, experience points, experience points and advancement, uh, downtime activities, properties. So it looks like property as in you want to own property. Yeah, Set. and he's got a piece like Discord, you know, use the Discord server to coordinate with each other on games, blah, blah. So he's driving yeah. people. He's got links in there. Good stuff, man. Well thought out. Well thought out. Table rules. No yeah. jerks. He uh, First one says no jerks. Well, we're out, Sean. I know. I'll fuck out of that game. <laughs> and I want it in. Keep it PG-13. Uh, I guess we are. Mostly. Yeah, PG-13, they got cuss words, right? Yeah, they only allowed X, S num- X number of F words, though, so I think, I've, I think I've broken that. Does it really? Yeah, I think it does. At least that's oh, the story. I don't know. I didn't know that. Huh, interesting. Yeah, good stuff. Very cool. All right, man, is that it? It looks like that's it for Random Encounter. Thanks, everybody, for chiming in and uh, giving us some grit. I'm just super happy that people listened to it over the holidays and took the time to talk to us about it because Lord knows there's more important things to do than just listen to us babble on. So thank you very much for taking the time. That was really cool. And I know other people listen. Not everybody comments. So thank you very much. 
All right, let's get into the main topic. All right, Brett, what are we talking about this week? Well, uh, as is my want when I finally have some time, I like to catch up on certain things um, during holiday breaks. Um, I try to catch up on some podcasts I may be behind on, and um, Matt Colville is a guy I like to follow on YouTube. <coughs> Excuse me, and I like to catch up on different stuff he's up to. He had a number of different videos that I was behind on, going through them. And um, a piece I had kind of inspired me for this topic was this whole concept of meeting in a tavern. And uh, Matt, I think, somewhere said all games should meet in a tavern or something along that line, kind of as a, as a response to somebody who once said, Matt seems to be a little bit similar to me in this regard. Someone said, no one should ever do this. He goes, I think everybody should do it, just to be contrarian and to be kind of funny, which is the thing I like to do. But anyway, that concept of everybody meets in a tavern, you know, and um, <coughs> excuse me, the random party build, the oh my god, we've all we've all met together. Do we know each other? Should we not know each other? Um, I note a feeling when I talk to people online or I see different discussions, or even when we've talked about it, the um, the efforts that a lot of games go through and that a lot of players want to go through to make sure that everybody has a connection, a reason to want to be together, even if we all go to the same school, we're all in the same grade, or something along those lines. Whereas opposed to, <coughs> damn it, excuse me, this old school slash classic approach of everyone makes their characters and then they all meet in the tavern. Whether you make your characters together or outside, the idea is is that's where everybody gets together. Um, so I think there's a number of ways to do that. And... Um, what I'm talking about here is not even the Dragonlance component where they all meet at the end of the last, you know, at the end, and they meet there because that was a predestined, or pre, excuse me, predetermined place for them to meet. And Sean is changing his camera around, but I'm looking at him. He's kind of giving me vertigo because he's now completely spun in four complete circles. That is nauseating, actually. Anyway, um, back to the topic at hand. In, you know, in Dragonlance, they're showing up back up at the, at the tavern because that's where they decided to meet. They all knew each other. And I'm talking about the, okay, you've all made characters, slam everybody's in a tavern, and so on. So, you know, do we like this? Is there any place for it anymore? Is it just done best for one shots? Can you, you know, and so on. So, Sean, when is, have you done this at all in recent memory? You all meet in a tavern? Have you done that? Uh, I know. Once I'm trying to think. I'm sure we've done it. I just can't remember the last time it was. But it's cliches are all awesome. They can be. I mean, they they set a really cool precedent, right? So let me. One of my favorite things I did was, <coughs> excuse me, um, it was very emergent in a way in that when I did the Streets of Avalon game, the actual play that Chris uh, Sneezak put out over on the Mistracted Mark uh, feeds. But the only two people who knew each other um, were Tom Flanagan and Emily. Tom and Emily decided they were going to make characters that were connected. The other ones were not necessarily connected. <coughs> and, um, you know, uh, excuse me, Kevin and Chris didn't have to necessarily know each other. Kevin just happened to be a bard. The other guy owned an inn, or his, his mother did. So they did not build characters that had to know each other. And they essentially, the entire campaign starts off in an inn, in a tavern. That's where they start. And I've done it before 
where people have made their characters that really don't know what they want to do. I have them in an inn sitting around at the same table because it's the only place that's open and available. The you know, horrible, dark, stormy night, they're just kind of all crowded around the fireplace. The front door bursts in. The captain of the guard comes in with five heavily armed men with manacles, chains, and other you know restraining things. They point at the group of adventurers and say, there they are. It's the ones with the dwarf, elf, halfling. It's them. Complete mistaken identity. Everything goes completely casters up, and they got to run around and figure out what it is they're going to do. And uh, lo and behold, they're all uh, stuck <laughs> because they're all in the same party or group. They all happen to you know, be connected just because of the luck of the draw. They're all wrong place, wrong time type of thing. So that I've, I've had a good deal of fun with that, which has led to some interesting campaigns where people, um, <coughs> excuse me, damn it. Um, the characters don't have any background together, but they end up forging said background through that random event, if you will, with that kind of forced random event where I smash them all together through some almost GM fiat type of approach. Does, um, does the idea of everybody meeting in a tavern or an inn, you know, with no background, no <clears throat> no real reason to be together, does that just fly in the face of reason for you now? Is that just is that a gaming convention that is just like bad now? Is that a thing? Is it bad? Well I'm looking at you, Sean. I don't know if it's necessarily bad. Speak for the gaming community as a whole, Sean. Tell me. Oh, this okay. <laughs> as a whole, representing the entire RPG hobby, uh, it's a terrible idea. Damn it. I and, and, if, and if you're doing it, you're doing it wrong. And I'm sorry. It's just. It's just wrong. It's, it's just wrong. Nothing, nothing for it. Stop doing it. Naughty. So, yes. Cease it immediately. Hey, if you don't get a cease and desist, you're not trying hard enough. That's what That's I always right. say. That's right. So I, I've done it, too, in a similar type of wrong place, wrong time, or I have run games at conventions <coughs> where the players are in an inn in the middle of nowhere, and then the inn is besieged by a necromancer, by something horrible, and then they've got a deal together because they're all stuck in a box and somebody's trying to get at them, and there's reasons and, and so forth for the, for the getting at them component. But does that, it feels to me like like it may work really well for convention games. I don't know how many people really dig the whole we don't know why we're together component. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think you, you can hem start. I think we're talking two different things. The end piece and the I don't know if I know these people component. And and if they're one end of the same, fine. But so I think it, if you're talking about being in the end and not knowing each other, and that's how uh, what we're talking about. Yes. Then I think that it depends on the player characters if okay. they are if they're all in on it and they can they buy into it themselves. Great. There's typically one person, maybe not always. Again. Everything could go smoothly, <laughs> but there's usually one person that's like, I don't, I don't know why the hell I'm here. I'm just going to walk out the door or, uh, or they may just throw up their hands and go, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I don't know what you I know, should be doing here. You know, what's interesting to me with that <clears throat> is if I sat down at a game table and Let's say the DM did it, quote-unquote, wrong or didn't tell us, hey, we're all going to meet randomly and uh, trust me, things will work out. They didn't do that. 
<laughs> that's just how they decide to start the game. My gut instinct is, hey, I bet Sean, Angela, Eileen, you know, somebody, Chris has got a plan. I'm going to see where this goes. I'm going to go along with it. It actually baffles me the number of people who I have gamed with and run into that essentially throw a fit. I don't even know why I'm here. And they actually, they, they do the, what's my motivation? They pull the whole B-movie actor bullshit. What's my motivation? I can't play unless I have this thing. That floors the fuck out of me. I just don't get it. You seriously can't just roll with it. And I don't understand that. <laughs> maybe And maybe I'm being really, really argumentative with that. But I just, I don't get it. If I sat down and, you know, and Phil said, hey, we're going to do this. All right, let's sit down and play. I may, We made characters together. Great. You don't know anybody. You're going to meet in a bar. Okay. And then things happen, and oh wow, it seems like there's an adventure. Oh, there's a thing to do. I'm I'm going for it. I'm just gonna dive in and go. And uh, it kind of baffles me that gamers who've been doing it for a long time, especially, pull the whole uh, "what's my motivation" thing. I I don't know. I don't know why that happens. That's weird to me. <laughs> I, I don't know. This isn't working. I got like my <laughs> I got my camera like right up to my face on my microphone. Um. I don't know, man. I think it's just I I I get into that sometimes as well as a player where I can buy into it to some degree, but I also have to kind of understand why I'm what the hell's going on? Like I don't know. So, do you remember back in the days when the king called for adventurers, and um, we need a thief. Make a thief. We need a cleric. Good. We have a cleric. We have a thief. Fine. We'll take a paladin instead of a cleric. Fine. You know, Jimmy, you can be a paladin instead of the cleric this time. Okay. Yeah, we got to have one. Of the- okay, good. We- we've got everybody we need. Okay, let's go on this adventure. And we've talked about this in the past where sometimes the, <clears throat> you know, just kind of make, let's make characters and go. And the conceit is we're sitting here to play D&D, so let's play some fucking D&D. Um and, hey, let's make, you know, we're here to play Star Star Wars or whatever it is, so just because my Jedi apprentice doesn't know your smuggler, I, who cares? Let's just make this happen. I, it's, um, I think sometimes, I guess, and maybe I'm being, again, argumentative because I have to go to work tomorrow and I don't want to go to work tomorrow, I'm just being a dick, but <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Part of me is like, why do you have to know that? Why do you have to have this big reason? You know, well, again, perhaps it's the style of game, right? There's certain styles of game that either require it or whatever, but can't you just go with it? Sure. I guess it's it depends on what the pitch is. Like, what's the situation? So I'm in a, in a tavern with a bunch of people, mm-hmm. and something happens, I imagine. And maybe am I just sitting there by myself? Sure. So you're sitting there by yourself. The uh, It's winter. It's cold. It's snowy. Okay. The doors, the doors burst in. <clears throat> this family comes in. The mother's crying. The father's wounded. He's dragging his bloody leg. His arms in a sling. They say kobolds have stolen our children. We need help. Well, I guess that. <laughs> so, are you going to uh, help? Or no, you can't. I'm sorry, you can't. You don't have motivation to help them. Why would you help them? Especially well, with this dwarf. That's just foolish. Well, that may be true. <laughs> that may be just it. Like fuck, I don't give a shit about those assholes. Oh. Well, you suck at you suck at D and D. I may very well. Um, 
But that may be just the problem, right? Like what? Well, I don't. There's no tie to me to these three people, and I think that in the setting that is D and D, being fantasy, middle ages, whatever you want to, I, I don't know, man. Sometimes I think that people play RPGs to get out of real life, and getting out of real life may be not giving a shit about people. Fair. It sound, sounds crass, but I no, mean, there that's, may, that, that's, that's, like, that's... I could be evil dude, I could be evil guy, or I could be, you know, con man, con woman, whatever, right? I could do that in this universe. I, I don't want to... So don't Space be... Cobalt, you know, so even with, take D&D out, Space Cobalt's took my space baby, and you still have to figure out how to, you know, you could be the, the hidden Sith Lord and be like, all right, what's in it for me? You know, you could demand you could demand to be paid. You could, you know, I'll do this, but I'll expect a big reward at the end. Sure, yeah, yeah. But then what happens is then you say that. The, you know, the Jedi throws his hand up and says, yes, I'm in, I must help you. It's by the, you know, by the force, whatever the fuck Jedi say. And some smuggler goes, yeah, sure, I got a fast ship. I can get you guys out to Space Cobalt Jail or wherever the hell they're keeping them. I could go <laughs> get them for you. And... It's very old school, right? At least what I would perceive as old school is like that is an opening for an adventure. Like, hey, you're there. You don't know each other. A thing has occurred. Will you heed the call to action and to actually do something? Or are you going to sit on your ass and do nothing else this evening? Well, yeah, it may just be that. Like, look, if you don't get into this, you're not going to do anything for the rest of the night. And, and the you know, that's that could be it, right? Like... If you're not going to go with what I'm putting in front of you, you're done. But somebody's going to say something like, well, I don't know. Do they look wealthy? So you might say, no, they don't. They look very uh, uh, lower social standing. Oh, they probably don't have any money. Screw them. Or, or, but if, yes, if you're like a do-gooder or you believe in humanity or whatever and, and the ages haven't beating the shit out of you and <laughs> beating you down. Yeah, you might stand up and go, oh, my God, I got to do something. I got to help these people. You know, goodness gracious. You know, they should, whatever that looks like, and tend to their wounds and heal them and go after the people that did them wrong. Great. But I don't see a lot of fantasy role-playing gamers always want to do that shit. They're, the RPG sometimes, I think, is fantasy we talk about D&D all the time, but I think sometimes it's just like, what's in it for me? And if there isn't anything in it for them, they'll they'll say, fuck it. <laughs> That's just, I don't know why. It's interesting. It's just kind of I, the way it is. If we, so when, you, when if, we talk about all these adventure plots and hooks and all this other crap, you almost have to like throw it in front of them and say, what's your motivation? And know about it ahead of time and then say, hey. Like even West Marches. You're gonna go and venture off. Why? Because nothing's gonna happen in town, and in town's boring, and you're not gonna make any money. And you're not gonna find any money, and you're tired of sitting around town. So I think what you're telling me is that unless I purpose now, this is this is gonna sound horrible. So yeah, unless I tell people that, hey, look, the conceit of this game is to do a very specific and blah 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 blah. There are people out there who are not going to do it because they weren't told that's what we're here to do tonight. If they're not, if it's not forecasted, broadcasted enough, some gamers aren't going to bite. 
Where like so in, I, a, in a con game, if I, in a con game, if I said we all meet in a tavern, something random will happen. You'd be like, "Hey, I, I signed up for this." If we don't have the same thing, like I signed up to do whatever the DM threw at me or where the game master threw. If I didn't sign up for this, I'm going to fight you. Some, I mean, some people do that. That that I would say is pretty accurate. Like you, yes. So going into a con game, you read the description. You all meet in a bar. What happens next is just to be seen. People read that. They sign up. They get into it. You know, they know it's a one shot. Boom, done. At the same time, if you don't, even in a campaign setting or you're kicking off a game and it's going to run over a period of time and you don't set that up, I think, as a GM or DM to some degree. Okay, so you're in a tavern. Today really sucked because you were shoveling, you know, the amount of horse shit you had to shovel out of the stables <laughs> was at an all-time high today. <laughs> exactly. And you just had a really crappy freaking day, and you don't want to shovel shit out of the stables anymore. And you're just going to go to the bar, the end, and you're going to drown your, your day in misery and alcohol. And then you throw this little encounter at them, and you say, hey, this may be an opportunity for you to stop shoveling shit in the stables. And then the person's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sometimes Maybe, you, sometimes right? you gotta, sometimes you got to bury Uncle Owen and Peru in, uh, in order to get the kid off the fucking desert. I mean, Obi-Wan was throwing all sorts of products at him. The little fucker wouldn't go. Got to lay, no. lay his family on fire first. Ah, stormtroopers, man, they're going to light you on fire <laughs> next if you don't get the hell out of Dodge, buddy. <laughs> so, you know, I think this might... So my hidden question, perhaps, now that's coming to my head, is are we, do you think, more sophisticated as gamers now? I mean, if you remember back <laughs> in the back, I mean, seriously, in, in what we expect at the gaming table, <clears throat> I see this in my kids, oh. and I see it in more people that I talk to and so over, the whole setting stakes up front, making sure this is well known, and hey, be very clear with what your expectations are, and blah, blah, blah. Um. <clears throat> Kind of the pitch, making sure people buy into what it is that you're going to be running or which, how you want to play and so forth. Back in the day, we didn't do that. Now, granted, back in the day, it also led to a lot of hard feelings and people being pissed off and unclear expectations lead to problems, right? Well, and back in the day, we watched some really cool freaking cartoons, but I watch them today <laughs> and they suck ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. So I guess, so, I mean, it's only been 30, 40 years. I mean, but, but you know what I'm saying, though, is that even I, part of me, there's a piece of me that is like, just fucking game. I mean, if you're here, if we're here to play D&D or we're here to play Star Wars and you want to piss and moan that you don't think that and the game and the game master for Star Wars says something about midichlorians like, oh, my God, that's the stupidest. You fuck it. Just let it go. Are you here to play Star Wars? You're here to bitch about midichlorians. What are we here to do? We're here to play a goddamn game. We're here to play Dungeon Crow Classics. I don't want to listen to you bitching about the fact that your potato farmer and the turnip farmer don't have any good reason to be adventuring together. You know? <clears throat> well, I, I agree with you. I think there has to be some uh, level of going with the flow and, and acceptance. But mm-hmm. I also think that, again, it comes down to the players. It depends on how you pitch the game and what that looks like. But we go and we went into this last time, Brett, with you and and throwing shit at your player characters or your players, and you've got the you got the approach where you can say, "Okay, guys, gals, just trust me. Okay, I'm gonna run this cool game," and they can go, "Okay, dude, sure." 
And then you throw them this freaking ambiguous, like, nobody knows each other. You're all in an And end. five sessions later, like, can we please stop playing this? Right, and, then, and then I right. stop and we do something else. Right. Okay. Or, or you could set it up front and they go, well, that sounds like a lot of bullshit. <laughs> I don't want to play that game. Or no. you'll probably get a mixed or, all right, but we reserve the right to. Yeah, call bullshit when we think there's bullshit. Get up and walk away from the table. So there's got to be, in short, I think what we're saying here is there's got to be the sweet spot, right? Is that one piece to do, even in a declaration of intention, is a game master's like, look, all y'all sons of bitches, y'all showed up to play. You know, Emily's here to play. Tom's here to play. Sean, quit bitching about midichlorians. We're here to play. We're here to play Star Wars, you know. But, 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 midichlorians <laughs> suck ass. Out. Anyway, um, so I think the it's definitely worth it. It sounds like, I mean, the, the you meet in a bar, no real reason to be be together, blah blah blah, <clears throat> is almost saying, "Hey guys, I'm going to do this thing." You're not going to have any reason to be together. Um, a reason will a reason will present itself, and you'll have an opportunity to play through this. Are, do you want to try that? And then have the group say, "Yes, yes, Sean, we want to try that." Would go much better. At least for your modern, or at least for a, your modern sensibilities gamer, or the person who actually doesn't want to waste their whole fucking weekend is what I'm hearing you say, right? I don't want to waste my Saturday playing a game that I can't get into because I didn't, I didn't really know what I was signing up for to begin with, right? Right, right, all right. Well, and I think you can run the same game, so the. You can do it well in a con game. Like, nobody knows anything, and then everything's fine. I mean, Michael Drescher did that one game, and nobody knew their backgrounds. And as the time went on, you learned about it. That's a little different, but... But they signed up for that. They did sign up for it, but it's a one-shot. And I think that's kind of the buy-in, because you're kind of like... And, and it's funny, because it it's art mimics life, right, in that respect. Because nobody at the table, typically, knows unless you go there... Yeah, unless you go there with your game group, a lot of you might you know one other person at the table. So it's almost like okay, I don't know anybody at the table, so I don't know anybody in the end. I can I can roll with this. You know, I guess another good way to do it would be to <coughs> excuse me, pitch it as that one shot, saying, "Look, if this one shot turns out to be fun by the end of the session, and we all nod in agreement, it will become a campaign. If not, well, we all met in the space inn." We saved the space farmers, maybe from the space cobalts, <laughs> yeah. and uh, off we go. Yay, that was a good night of fun. Let's get a real campaign going. Okay. <laughs> Let's get a real game going. <laughs> All right, Brett. We tried your little test run here. It was it was cute for the first hour. Yeah. This was, this was fun for a bit, but uh, as you can tell by the fact that most of us are outside smoking and half of us don't even smoke anymore. Yeah. We'd like to I mean, the, the, one, the one game... That I think we can all relate to, not all, but the one series of D and D specific that really did well as a meet in the end kind of thing was Dragonlance, and that was a reunion, right? They all had to. Be, they that's that was like yeah. the thing. You all had to meet there because you guys have been gone for five years, and you were coming back to that one old watering hole mm-hmm. to regroup and. Uh, talk about your tales and find out what's going on, and then all hell broke loose. Correct. But but they knew each other. Except for Riverwind and Goldmoon, who didn't know the rest of the party and got thrust That's into true. it. That's true. 
That's true. But then you had enough goody goodies in the party. Yeah, and the and Riverwind and Gold Moon spoilers happen to be the reason for the plot to move, right? Correct. Crystal Staff and all that. Right. And the goody goodies. But so those some of those guys come in, man. Like, hey, man, I don't even know those assholes. And they would <laughs> they could have just like, hey, let's get the hell out of Dodge. And the whole party could have just floated off and left those other two to, to fend for themselves. That's a good point. No, it's fine. It's interesting, I guess. Part of me, and this is perhaps just the grumpy curmudgeon Brett, is sometimes when I'm like, look, we're just going to do this thing. We're going to get together. We're going to play D&D. And I think if that is perhaps the grumpy curmudgeon Brett when he wants to do that, I need to say, look, I'm going to run a one-shot. We're going to play White Blue Mountain. Everybody bring some characters. Remember the old days? We're going to beat the shit out of, out of these characters, and we're going to play one adventure. All right, cool, we're in. Well, And I've done that. My group went, okay, let's do it. And no one gave two fucks about why they knew each other, why they were there to attack White Blue Mountain. I gave them some... Cock and bull story about why they needed to be there, and they were in. They didn't care. But it was a one-shot. And everybody signed up right out of the gate. So I'm talking myself out of my argument here, but okay. Yeah, there's a a whole lot of games when we played. I mean, shit, Doc's game, uh, the Red Wizards of Thay, shit, I don't even know how that got kicked off because I think I came in, the Knights got switched, and so I came in after they started the game. But, I mean, you know, you, you go to the Tales from the Awning Portal book. Yeah. You know, and if you want to just throw down an adventure, you don't have to necessarily have any, like, th- there doesn't have to be a uh, a common bond amongst all the players. You could just say, okay, you're all gathered here today because you're going to get sent on this adventure. Or you can do like Pharaoh. I think Pharaoh starts out while you're in the middle of the desert. Like, there's no talk about how do I know these dickheads I'm with. It's just assumed you know each other somehow or another and that you're going to go forth and adventure and you're going to help each other out because you're better off as a team than an individual. I mean, if you, but wanna... you always, you always get one asshole that like plays that loner out that tends to dick, sh- dick shit up. But... Yeah. And the rest of the characters should just kill him because he's a dick. But right. Hey, so if we take that idea, right. And we want to have, some crazy-ass crossover fun. We go back to episode 171, and we say, Hey, Isla Dread, bitches. <laughs> All of you, on a ship. You're crash land. Here, good luck. Survive now. You have no reason to be here other than the fact that you all crash landed here. Do you want off this rock or not? You're the only five people who lived. Knowing they're going through the Isle of Dread, though. Yeah, so again, I think... Because <clears throat> if you just sprung that on them, Brett, they may, they'd be like, WTF. But if you said, hey, I'm going to send you through here. This is the adventure. I'm going to send you through the Isle of Dread. And they'll be like, okay. See, part of me looks at that and says, why would you WTF me? Just fucking, you're here. you came to play D&D tonight. You came to play whatever tonight. Why are you arguing with me? Because I want to play in a city. I want to play in a city. Oh, okay. I want to play in a city, Brett. I'm I'm thievy thief guy in the city. I see. Okay. I don't want to be in the woods, but on an island. This is bullshit, man. Uh, all right, okay, all right. I want to be in the city. All right, so you're. A... I got one a wizard's tower, Brett. <laughs> all right, <laughs> you whiny little kid. All right. I mean, how long are we gonna be on this thing? I mean, like how many, how many game, like how many, how many sessions? Am I stuck in this fucking island, Red? You prick. Yeah. All right. I mean, we, I mean, if it's like just this one session, that's cool. 
we have fine like as long as we get out of here up you know by eight o'clock <laughs> exactly. the next after this next, i expect to be back in and at greyhawk or wherever i'm coming yeah, from in the yeah. next session i want to be in Waterdeep. yeah so. i better be <laughs> or all hell's gonna break loose i'm not bringing the chips next time jerk <coughs> all right all right probably i think we beat that one pretty hard i just <laughs> i just i'm honestly curious i don't the concept of meeting in the tavern and having no real reason to be together, um, it never used to bother me. And um, now when I play or run games, I'm always thinking about how, what are the reasons, what's the this, what's the that. And it never struck me as something that I had to worry about or be engaged with before because the assumption was if you showed up to play Vampire that night or whatever that evening, you were there to play the game and you were going to jump on whatever plot hooks or ideas were thrown at you. <clears throat> And perhaps that's more of a because I know my group perspective. And other people with, you know, regular gaming groups probably don't have an issue. But if you're gonna play online <coughs> you know, and you're gonna be gaming with people, you put a call out on roll twenty, say, and or G plus or something that says, Hey look, I'm gonna run a West Marches game, make a character, and we'll just figure it out. People will be like, Oh, hey, ooh, that sounds I don't know about figure it out, what's this, what's that? If you take it down to this and say, look, I want to play D&D on Thursdays. Okay, what what are we playing? Just D&D? Well, we're just playing Star Wars? Oh, it's just going to be Numenera. Where specifically? Um, what are we after? I think... <clears throat> I jokingly said it, but I do, I do, I guess, kind of tongue-in-cheek mean it, that we are more sophisticated as gamers. Even kids today. Ha ha ha. Because no matter how shitty the video game, no matter how shitty whatever... The thing is, there's a reason why your character is in Fallout. There's a reason why your character is in whatever game it is you're playing. There's a reason. And whether or not the kids, well, especially my kids anyway, when they're, when they're playing Skyrim, going off and doing whatever the fuck they want to do, it doesn't, has nothing to do with the actual plot. They're just having fun. But they started with a reason. And I think it probably makes more sense to have a reason of some kind, at least for the initial buy-in, to say, look, even if you do the whole trust me, I'm going to do something wacky here, guys. Ange, don't worry. It'll be okay. Sean, I got this. Fill you in. All right, fine, Brett. We'll, we'll try it and see how it goes. I think what you're telling me is that it makes some sense to do that and not just expect people to, to do what they're told. <laughs> well, it could be. It could end up being the greatest campaign ever. Of course. Every campaign has that potential, Sean. But I don't, I don't know, man. All right. I, I, would, I would be on board. I know you would. No, you wouldn't. No, <laughs> shaking no. his head. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't be. I'm like, what the hell? You seriously wouldn't? If I said, "Hey, we're going to meet in a tavern. Don't worry, trust me, it'll be fun." Um, I would probably do that. I mean, I guess there would be a reason why I'm there, but I don't know. Apart from physical threats of violence, would you show up to play? <laughs> sure, I'd give it a shot. I'd give it five minutes, Brett. Five minutes. Wow. I got yeah, five minutes. Wow. To hook me. Hey, it's like an advertisement, man. Yeah, wow me, babe. Make it work. <laughs> better better hook me in the five minutes, man. I'm switching the channel. <coughs> Damn. All right. Okay, we could probably move off this. <laughs> Bad idea. No, I think it's interesting, but I, I don't know. I, I do think our sense of gaming has, oh, man, some of the arguments that we used to get into just, and it was with, like, we were gaming God, we were 30s, in our upper 30s, gaming with, um, you know, I don't know if Andre listens to this. I know he 
But you used to game with younger kids, and you'd be like, yeah, oh, my God, you guys are pissing in the stats. 20-sums. 20, 20 yeah, 20-year-old 20 20 guys, uh, and they were all guys. I don't think we had a woman in the in the group. And then it was like, I think the oldest that we had was 37, 38. And, uh, I mean, you're talking like 18 years. Yeah. You know, 26-year-old playing with like an 8-year-old. I mean, it's just too – I mean, I mean, if you look at it, you just kind of scale it, but – yeah, I was. We'd get into arguments like the paladin would do the dumbest shit, and we're like, "That's not. That's not what you do as a paladin." And then we'd argue about how he was playing this character wrong. And if you think about how you, you know, what's a good way to fix that? Well, I guess if we were to start with some ground rules, expectations, and uh, why we're all here, right? That kind of uh, separates the wheat from the tares right out of the gate. So that's right. There is reason for it, and it, and if you can do it, you say, "Look, I'm going to do this." And everybody at least signs up for the fact that, hey, this is what's going to happen. Then they're like, oh, well, I, I knew that's what it was. What's on the, you know, the writing outside the tin is what's in the tin. So there we go. Interesting. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's, uh, I'm sure our listeners will have something to say to me. So if I'm, I'm assuming I'm wrong or, uh, or something equally horrible. But anyway, if you've done this or you've not done it or you've had good luck with it or whatever, uh, let us know. Let me know what you think. Tell us, tell us where we're off. I'm sure we are somewhere. <laughs> All right, let's get into die roll. Yes. Die roll two to four miscellaneous points game and geekery we want to share with you. Brett has one this week. Yes, I do. Um, AdventureLookup.com. AdventureLookup, all one word, dot com. Um, a little Matt Coville shout out there as well. He had uh, wanted to do this thing. And basically what it is, it's kind of a curated site where you could go in for all the different uh, D&D um, adventures, right? Um, you've got stuff like TSR, w- Wizards, Paizo, Dungeon Magazine, Dragon Magazine. You could type in something, you know, in the in the search that says, you know, I want to look up, let's see here, uh, Lich. And wow, 73 adventures found with Liches, or at least Liches in the title. Revenge of the Iron Lich, Lich's Last Stand, and, and so on and so forth. All different variations and such so people are loading stuff it's a very simple interface but the search feature is a lot of fun and just being able to kind of see where some of this stuff is so uh it's a it's a pretty cool thing so they've got cobalt press frog got games goodman games green ronin all sorts of good stuff out there so anyway check it out i thought it was kind of cool and i figured i would share it ah it is very interesting brett very nice find dude oh thank you sean your turn uh, Shad Ross, not to be mistaken for Chad, it's S-H-A-D, Ross, at Hyperion PDX on Twitter. Um, it's, he had, if you go to the link in the show notes, uh, he did the Forge of Fury done on a table, um, and map did it out in 3D terrain. Dwar- Dwarven Forge minis, holy shit. Dwarven Forge. So he, I think he got almost all of the first level, I think, <clears throat> of Forge of Fury done. Uh, it was quite an impressive setup, so I'll have a link in the show notes if you want to just see some good old-fashioned table eye candy. That's very cool. Uh, second one, inspiration for your Call of Cthulhu game. I think this was tweeted by Chaosium online. Uh, Edinburgh's Mysterious Miniature Coffins. In 1836, three Scottish boys discovered a strange cache of miniature coffins concealed on a hillside above Edinburgh. I think it's pronounced Edinburgh. Edinburgh. 
<laughs> How about Edinburgh? Edinburgh, yeah, that's that's Edinburgh. Yeah. Hey, who put them there and why? Uh, that's by Mike Dash. So check that out for a good Call of Cthulhu inspiration game or horror, whatever. Maybe chill. Um, listeners, you want to do the first one? Yeah, Brett? the Gate of the Sun. Link in the show notes. A megalithic solid stone structure. Confused experts since its discovery by David Garan. Brought to us by Stefan Dragon Spawn. Uh, this is pretty cool. I've um, yeah, it's it's neat. There's a lot of these massive megalithic things that are out there that are wonderful components. Speaking of your Call of Cthulhu game or anything else, even if you don't use Earth as your starting point, take these types of things, drop them in the middle of your fantasy game, sci-fi game, Numenera game or whatever, and boom, you've got some pretty cool stuff to work with. So good find, Stefan. Uh, and then the second one from listeners, uh, Victor Wyatt was thinking of running a Doctor Who game and found this, Under River, Outside Time, the Woolwich Foot Tunnel. Uh, and I think it has to do with literally going to certain places that are kind of frozen in time or or you you it's just it's it's an interesting article um and there wasn't any author to attribute to it's just a a blog but it was kind of interesting uh to to look into and Brett looks very perplexed. No, I'm looking at it. This is really cool. I wish I would have known about this when I did my book, it, book on the London London game. This is the type of thing that's really, really cool. Yeah, I think the Woolwich Foot Tunnel is like a subway or a uh, the tube, right? A part of the tube in England, if I'm not mistaken, where it's just like they were to repair it, and then it never got repaired, and then it's just there. Huh. But it, it looks like, I mean, I don't know, frozen in time, I guess. Very interesting. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Brett, what are we talking about next week? Well, uh, after I get back from Evercon, assuming that my cough is better, that I have um, recovered my voice in some way, we're going to talk about mooks and minions. Mooks and minions. That's next week. Ooh. Well, hopefully you don't get... uh, So if you go to Evercon and you get con crud... Brett, Brett would be patient zero, right, Brett? At this point, I don't think I'm (laughs) contagious anymore. I'm pretty sure I'm not. Let's just say all the monkeys around me have died. So I'm positive it can't be me anymore. I'm positive it's fine. (laughs) Just a little weird con crud dilemma there. The CDC has said the bubble from my house is coming down. I'm fine. Oh, that's awesome, Brett. All right. For Gaming ABS and 2018, thanks for tuning in for 2017. We appreciate it for everybody that's joined us uh, and for everybody that's left us for some reason. You can't hear this, but we miss you. We do miss you. <laughs> please come back. You, please come back. Even if it's just for like an episode or two. It's just write us and tell us why you hate us. That's all we need to know. Do you, Brad, do you have any goals for 2018 now that we've touched <laughs> on this? You know, for 2018, um, my son wants to run uh, for his 12th birthday. AJ wants to have another D&D birthday party, so that'll be cool. I'm going to do that. One of the things I want to do more of is one i want to i want to kick off my invisible sun campaign when invisible sun might finally get my stuff from money cook games i want to read through that and i want that game i want to run a campaign in it the other thing i want to do is my avalon kickstarter <laughs> probably primary number one gotta get that done money cook games invisible sun i honestly want to run some uh first edition or basic dean i want to run like a old school rule set campaign again 
I might I might actually pull out the Dragonlance setting for it. I don't know. I don't know. That's been it's somewhere in the back of my head. Dragonlance has been gnawing on me. I mentioned this before, so maybe I don't know. Sean, when 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 would you set it? Would you set it during the War of the Lance? <coughs> Excuse me. I think I would do it after the war. I think because you get the rebuilding effort right, where shit's still broken. You got draconians running around, all that stuff. Oh, what are you looking at, Sean? Anything big? Um, I've been I, I gotta play Cold Shadows. It's been really itching at me. Kevin Lovecraft wants to play. Ooh, you know, yeah. I you and I need to game this year. We did a little. Okay. We did a little bit last year, but we did not have. We have not had. You and I have not had a regular campaign together. We need to do that. I think that's a. Yeah, that's wanna, a goal. Damn it! It's a goal. Okay. Okay. Okay, Brett. <laughs> easy. Easy. Uh, Cold Shadows is something I want to play or run in, and I'm. I've been watching the Americans quite uh, diligently. I think it's probably one of the cooler Cold War shows, even though it does get a little kind of crazy. Like there's a lot of they kill a lot of people in that show. Yeah. Cold Shadows, though, good role-playing game. It's based, based on Houses of the Blooded by John Wick. Target number 10, dice pool, D6s. You know, if you have a particular character that's part of infiltration, you get anything that's related to infiltration, you get three dice. And then if you have something that is uh, an aspect of yours, you might get an extra die. And then you shake them all, and if you total them all up and they equal 10, Whatever you're trying to do is succeeds. So the mechanics is pretty fundamental. Um, and then it's, I think I might have mentioned this before on the show, but I like it. I, I got, it's just what I'm looking for in an espionage game. But on top of that, I've been reading the Genesis system um, by Fantasy Flight Games. So if you're not familiar with that, it's the same system uh, that is the Star Wars uh, that's based on Force and Destiny, Edge of the Empire, and Age of Rebellion. But if I don't do Genesis system, and the only reason I probably wouldn't do that is my fear of not having a bestiary. Okay. Right? So it's, you know, if you're going to play like a fantasy game and you're going to throw baddies at the players, uh, it'd be nice to have some stat blocks. Fair enough. I mean, I, I, could, do it on, I could do it on the fly, but still it's... Having some ready-made least, stat blocks, though, I get you. Yeah, and I could go through the Star Wars beasties and probably use those just as like templates mm-hmm. but uh eberron has always been itching at me uh if i did a fantasy game or west marches ish and then age of rebellion i might even if i i was actually contemplating doing age of rebellion west marches as, as a west marches game so totally everybody who plays totally do that everybody who plays is part of the the rebellion and you're just getting reassigned anywhere we want you to so Next session, it doesn't matter where you are in the universe. You're suddenly on this outpost. Very mission based. Yeah, nice. Oh, you're gonna go. You got to go and assassinate somebody, and so that ties into my my passion for espionage. So, oh, and yeah. uh, Cold Shadows, by the way, is on Drive Through RPG. It's fifteen bucks for the PDF. It is. It I've is got a hard much. copy. Did yeah. you? Where no. That? Well, I got it on a Kickstarter, so I'm, I'm oh, supposed to you? get a really super nice hard copy. But, well, okay. well, I bought it. I got it at cost on Drive Through as part of the Kickstarter. Very cool. Okay. And then I got the two supplements, which is like the black book, and then I think I have it's the black book, and then the one that has the organizations. Because an organization, you're supposed to build, and then there's also a book of organizations. So, like, they have the CIA, the KGB, Mossad, all these other espionage, and then they have the traits of those. So you don't have to create them. You can just be like, I'm part of the CIA. Well, if you're part of CIA, you get 
these traits from being part of that org. Got it. Yeah. Okay. It's, but anyways, yeah. And so that's uh, 2018. What are you doing for 2018? Anything special? We still want to do Paladin Hood. I think I'm going to call it Paladin Hood. So folks that are doing good in the hobby, I'm going to get our calendar up and start scheduling some folks to talk to and put them on a segment of the show on people who are doing good things within the gaming hobby Damn good for idea. society. Yep. Damn good idea. But otherwise, we should sign off. We should. All right. So, again, uh, for Gaming MBS, I'm your host, Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming MBS brought to you with the help from the following friends of the show. Kevin Lovecraft, Joe Swick, Brett's biggest fan, Forrest Gary, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Eric Jeppesen, Sean Nicholson, Tim Jensen, Palladian, Remy Bellado, Jason Hobbs Hobbs, Wayne Humphrey, James Carpio, Pure Mongrel, Lord Tentacle, Corey Johnson, Brandon Barnes, Dan LaValley, C.W. Mellencamp, The Lost Sailor, Todd McGowan, Misdirected Mark Productions, Old School DM, Jason, Christopher Gray, Finn Ulf, Mirko Froelich, Eileen Barnes, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Todd Crapper, Michael Drescher, Wiss Static, Alexander Auerbach, Neil Benson, Ron Blessing, Chris Steele, Eric DeHoff Hoffman, Soldiers of Misfortune, RPG, Christopher Lang, Curtis Takahashi, Gordon Cranford, Mark Tasaka, Larry Hout, Ray Otis, Eli Kurtz, Ron Bishop, Craig Huber, Xavier G, JV, John Hammersley, Derelict Radio, John Steve, Jared Rasher, Mark Richmond, Thomas Hook, Jonathan Talby, Blake Ryan, Chad Glamman, Sky, Roger Brasslett, Evan Harrison Cass, Craig, Howard Bishop, Christian, Sexy Voice Serrano, Jim Fitzpatrick, Peter Scannis, the Knights of the Night crew, and Andy Hall, and Michael Drescher, and I say Michael Drescher, didn't I? You did. I did twice now. And I'm hitting some of the guys that don't are on Patreon, but also give. And the uh, Corey Wynn. For the cost of a coffee shop coffee, you can support the show for an entire month. If you're not willing to do, uh, or not willing, uh, unable to, head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash support dash us and find ways you can support the show. Thank you. (laughs) Oh my god. This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.